0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Physical Digital, for the last time, the phys- Physical Digital, uh, do that again. <laughs> 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 Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Physical Digital tiny room for the last time, welcome back to the Physical Digital tiny room for the time being, because Ben is going back to uh, Italy. Uh, I am Michael of Michael and Benjamin's <laughs> podcast, and I am joined by the man who has been called the black and tans of our... <laughs> Of Irish podcasting, it's Benjamin. Say hello, Benjamin. You black and black and you tan bastard. You. <laughs> That's the best one we've ever done. <laughs> I mean, realistically speaking, we should re-record that intro, but I don't think we're going to do it. I think we'll probably leave it like that.
1: <laughs> oh, I am an awful, awful loyalist bastard and well, was recently let out of a cell in order to go terrorise Catholics
0: all I'm saying Ben is that uh, intro is not going to attract any new listeners <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully won't alienate too many of the old listeners <laughs> Benjamin do the theme music theme music for the podcast we don't actually have any theme music
2: but I
1: hope some mix them up for us i don't want to name any names
0: rachel i hope it's rachel very good consistently amusing benjamin yes um just kind of a toss-up this week for what's the biggest pop culture news one. uh So, ooh, Joker or Captain Marvel? Mm. Which one? Which one do you think was the bigger pop culture news?
1: Well, I'm going to say, in terms of outrage, it was Joker. In mm. terms of excitement and hype, Captain Marvel. All
0: right, we'll do Captain Marvel first, and then uh-huh. ben. ben. If you remember, the the trailer for Captain Marvel came out last Tuesday. Last Tuesday, which is very poor planning from Marvel when it comes to taking into consideration podcasts which are recorded on a sunday
1: yeah they really have let down that demographic and i feel that many people who record a podcast on a sunday will actually you know send send a backlash of feedback yeah, there yeah right?
0: yeah because it might as well have been a million years ago that we watched the trailer for because captain marvel
1: in pop culture time it has been a million
0: years yeah ago. stop punching your microphone the mic i'm sorry everybody benjamin we watched the trailer for captain marvel on the lubus the lubus which is dublin's premiere Public
1: transport facility. <laughs> uh, no, the Lewis. Yeah, we, we bloody we, we got off we got off work, Michael. We yeah. we went. Uh, we we don't always travel home together. For any for any listeners that might be, yeah. you know, equating that Michael and I skip home together every uh, day. No, hands. we don't. We don't. He only does that with me on my birthday. When birthday. I really ask nicely
0: or. Uh when I come back from Florence, trailer release days, <laughs>
1: trailer release days, hand holding trailer release days. Ben, DVDs. let's
0: enough of this skit. Let's talk <laughs> about the film. <laughs> uh, well, well, Ben, are you uh, are you enthused about the Captain Marvel? Do you think hyped? You're hyped, are you?
1: Um, I am looking forward to it. I, I enjoy. I enjoy that Nicholas Fury is, is back. A young New Nicholas Force. Fury, a bloody police officer Nicholas Fury, but it looks of no. You're no, for Shield, special agent Nicholas Fury. Are you sure that Shield doesn't come about as a result of?
0: 100% sure because shield already exists from the 40s that like the RSS the SSR the special scientific reserve shield. it became shield mm. in in mm. Peggy Carter's time oh okay Have it got- was it was already shield by the time of the 80s uh-huh. because that's when they built the Evil Armanzola computer big
1: old big old War Games, Also, Matthew Broderick, Armenzola.
0: Also, uh, Michael Douglas worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. in the 80s mm. as Ant-Man. Noted former
1: husband of Catherine Zeta-Jones, Michael Douglas?
0: Yes. No, he's still husband, isn't he? They're not divorced. Are they not? No, they're still I together. I think they are. No, I don't think they are. All right. Kind I of think a... he wanted Catherine Zeta-Jones to play the Wasp.
1: I'd, I'd quite like if Catherine Zeta-Jones is single. I would quite like to see Catherine Zeta-Jones as the Wasp. She's
0: pretty old now, Ben. I don't think she. Um, I don't think you'd be that into her anymore. Hey, stop looking at Catherine Zeta-Jones on your phone. Hang
1: and on, you've made a you've made a derogatory statement towards Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, uh, was, in every sense, a formative experience for me when I went to see 2000 Zorro. So uh, up very up good up when you, yeah. and Catherine Zeta-Jones is a, a sexy Spanish maiden.
0: Yeah, and she, she sliced her dress off a little she bit. Sliced
1: her dress off with a Z. Never get away with that in the current climate. No,
0: that you? would be no. sexual assault. No. Now, no, no.
1: Ben, I'm sorry, you're completely wrong there, Michael. She's, she's, she's those
0: pictures, Ben, she's, she are really those gorgeous. pictures are from the late late 90s yeah, that think. you're showing hang on, me
1: hang on no January no- okay January is not a great time uh, hang on I'm going to say today on the off chance that someone will upload a picture <laughs> of Catherine Zeta-Jones just in case it's a whole
0: gang of creepy Ben types keeping an eye on Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones uh,
1: to be fair not divorced you're right about that I know I'm right, about, right that.
0: about that you're right about that Ben can we please stop talking about <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's focus oh, here When yeah, it goes
1: off about buddy Christina Millian we sit there and do a whole podcast or Michelle Pfeiffer Pfeiffer yeah, fives.
0: That's when I talk, not when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin, <laughs> what did you think about shooting lasers from her hands? It's
1: a bit generic, but it is her traditional kind of thing.
0: It is, isn't it? Yeah. But it has always been the worst superpower you can have.
1: Look, I think she's just going to be a big old powerhouse. I think that's the whole thing, isn't it? She's but just able to do, a, do whatever to she... cut through the, the do
0: She shoots lasers from her hands not unlike the GoBots yeah classic gobot yeah reference and the go <laughs> and the gobots <laughs> this is going to be one of these episodes is it <laughs> these episodes, uh, damn right. the gobots ben it always looked like not a lot of not a lot of imagination had gone into them so someone had said how are they going to fight each other and then someone else said lasers lasers, lasers. from their hands lasers from their hands What else? i don't else know i just yeah. think lasers from the hands are not very visually appealing
1: well, I'm assuming she's going to go through her little hero's journey. She's going to get knocked back down to earth. She's going to be depowered for a bit. It's
0: nice that you said that in a kind of condescending way. Is that because she's a lady? No, not at
1: all. It's because it's a bloody generic Marvel film.
0: <laughs> right, go on, go on.
1: Um, and it runs the risk of doing that because they did it with Thor, they mm-hmm. did it with Captain America, mm-hmm. they did it with bloody with bloody Tony Stark. You yep. know Flying too close to the sun, you get a little get a little slap. Mm-hmm. Come down to earth, and you you climb. Do you think you know, that's it? what's
0: going to be about? I don't think that's what's going to be about not
1: entirely. But I think it's it's going to be more about oh my god. I was kidnapped by the Kree. I'm actually a human. <gasps>
0: yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? And it looks awfully like that. She's going to re- realize that the Kree are bad eggs.
1: Real, real bad eggs. Yeah. And um, I think, generally speaking, what's going to happen more than likely is that Nicholas Fury knows who she is when he meets her. He knows about missing Air, Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. Right. And, and doesn't doesn't tell her until later um, in the film. I think he's found a link to a case he's been working. Ah, very for interesting. A while. What an interesting theory. Um, and I think that's probably going to be how that. How that goes? Some some nice little nods and things to that. She doesn't punch old women, odd enough for anyone who, who saw yeah. the trailer and said, "Oh, Brie Larson, bad egg." Yeah, punching that old woman. Um,
0: it's funny, isn't it? Because if you know anything about the character, you assume that's a scroll. You assume. But um, there's no mention of shape or anything in that trailer. So it's just she punches that you know. old woman. There are the scrolls
1: mm-hmm. coming out of the water. Yeah, they on the beach. Yeah, but you
0: don't know that they're well, shape sh- shape-shifty men. Yeah. Yeah, it
1: could be having a scroll picnic. Um, the other thing is interesting odd thing that's come out of it when you look at the poster that was released which is Carol Danvers in the crack of light between two airplane hangar doors yeah um, there's a small cat yeah
2: it's her cat it's Carol Danvers' cat Chewie
1: it's Carol Danvers' cat who is in the comics Uh an alien he's an alien a a fleur a fleur Flurkin. Flurkin. Thank you very, very and much. And his name's Chewie. Yeah, and Rocket Raccoon gives him an old slap and a beat down because he doesn't no. like them. They're they're real bad eggs. They oh, can literally no. lay alien eggs out of their mouths and oh. eat anything that comes near them. Ah, oh, bad looks. Yeah, so I don't know how that works out in the things, but uh, I think it's
0: an Easter egg. It could just be an Easter it's just egg. Just an Easter egg. But it's a nice little nod. To I don't Easter think egg there's going to be Flurkins in the in the movie. I know um, Flurkin were you disappointed that she crashed into a blockbuster rather than an extra vision
1: <laughs> well to my to my 90s irish sensibility i was like what is this blockbuster is this? i thought marvel should at least spend millions into digitally putting an extra vision in there for they for could do it like the reference. captain
0: america list in every yeah. country they could do the most popular video rental shop
1: yeah, because a whole video rental store is just as easy as a yeah. small list
0: yeah well it is that'd be pretty easy i could do that you probably uh, go j- Extra vision. Just stick that in there. Benjamin. Yes. Did you think that someone with Brie Larson's frame could climb those ropes? no
1: yeah I me too like you want me to say no i well, didn't really pay attention see unlike you michael i don't go through life measuring every single person up as to whether i could beat them up or whether i'd have a difficult time well, by the, the way in Michael's why, scale of that's one why to beat up, yeah and um, there is no losing he never lose no he just has people he could beat up easily yeah or people he would struggle to beat up but would eventually do yeah
0: exactly <laughs> would do <laughs> uh, <laughs> ben um <laughs> what are you about? Um, no, there's a, there's a single shot. I've watched that trailer so many times. But there's a single shot where she's hanging onto a rope. Yes, and the rope is swaying a tiny bit, and she's clearly deep in thought about something. Yeah, and it's so obvious she's standing on a box. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's standing on a box and jiggling the rope ever so slightly with her hands. Um, it it throws it takes me back to when Gal Gadot was cast as Wonder Woman, and everyone said she was too skinny. But then Gal Gadot bulked up. She did. And Gal Gadot really looks the part. She does. Now, having said that, you, there's a lot less skin on show for Captain Marvel. You can hide it with the suit.
1: I'm th- I, not certain that's a bad decision. Probably, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's not pander to the lad that want to see Captain Marvel in her
0: warbird kit. Yeah, well, that's just a it's, unitard.
1: It's a unitard but butt with... Butt cleavage. a
0: sash and a domino mask. Yeah, and butt cleavage. And butt cleavage. And Tons. Ba- yeah, it's good that the butt cleavage isn't there.
1: I think it's healthy. Um, a lack, not a...
0: Who do you think... Jude Law is playing.
1: Jude Law, noted eighties actor turned British thespian.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, Jude Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Jude yeah. Law
1: looks good. He's Marvel. No, he's
0: well. That's, that's the
1: that's thing. He's isn't been, it? Is, he's he? Been is he? He's bloody evil Captain Number One. He's the one that that you know. I I think the relationship there is going to be. You know, he takes he takes bloody Brie Larson under his wing. He's he's kind of the big brother figure, the father figure, and he the one turns that turns out to taught be a bad bloke. He turns out to be a real bad
0: bloke. I don't know cuz Marvel is traditionally a heroic character. It wouldn't be the first time they've made a goodie into a boldy. They
1: don't have to do it. They don't have to do it anymore. The, mm. the rules are different for the for the MCU.
0: Yeah. He could be a different character though.
1: He could be, but I'd like to see him as
0: Marvel. I wouldn't be massively surprised if they wanted to avoid the name Marvel. It's a bit That's on fair. the nose, isn't it? Fair. It's a bit That's on, a bit on, a bit on nose. the nose. Uh,
1: to be fair, he could die at the hands of Thanos at some point in that movie mm. to, to kind of further her hatred for a thanos interesting Mm.
0: or ronan
1: or ronan bloody ronan are
0: we going to see ronan go rogue or is he just going to be a side character
1: i think you'll see the roots of ronan going rogue i think you'll see the moments where he kind of struggles with whether or not this is the cree way Mm -hmm. um and then he'll go off in the deep end i'm looking forward to seeing uh did Digimon Hansu. Thank you, Digimon Hansu. Which is not his name. It is his name. It's not. No. It um, is. Digimon Hansu. I'm looking forward to seeing his character because I quite like him and anything he's in. He,
0: he wasn't great in Guardians of the Galaxy though.
1: He was gas in Guardians of the
0: Galaxy. He was hilarious. The only thing I can remember is. Who? Yeah,
1: that, but that's, that's what made it so great.
0: <laughs> Look, Ben, it, it looks good. I, I'm not super excited about it by on yes, the trailer.
1: He's the, he's the writer's out-of-the-corner card. That's what the movie is. It's the... Right, we wrote ourselves into a big-bloody bloody apocalyptic narrative and we need to introduce a character that can just kick Thanos' ass. In, in,
0: you know. I don't know about that, to be honest. Because they've already established that Thor can kick his ass. Yeah. If need be. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think she's going to be a huge character in in Avengers 4. Uh, I won't but eat I my hat. Be, if, I
1: think it'd be very lazy if they did make her the central character of uh, Avengers. Well, 4. it'll be Iron Man. But I I I kind of I'm um... I, I'm enjoying perusing the internet culture that spawned from this mm-hmm. and they have a lot of things you know where it's Captain America versus Captain Marvel yeah you know I'm the captain now blah 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 and you're like eh, shut it, up out it, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference
0: a lot of Air Force versus Army as well yeah they bloody, love that bloody get out of here they Americans bloody Americans yeah, Weirdos. so competitive.
1: they all fight on your behalf in wars that they don't really want to be in oh, oh it's grand like leave them alone they all, they all risk their lives for you to sit in your fat ass and watch it on Fox News like it's grand well out. Ben that's
0: really going to help with the American listenership Ben
1: I have nothing against the armed forces by the way I have a thing against the bloody people sitting on their couch giving out about the armed forces Ben quite out of that
0: Ben what Ben what <laughs> have you seen Batman's long <laughs>
1: yes the childhood dream that I had at a very young age has come to fruition and Batman had a penis recently oh very good Um, I think he's always had a penis but his penis was recently revealed Mm -hmm. I have vengeance I am the knight I'm about three inches soft
0: Um, three inches soft isn't bad hold on uh,
1: look all (laughs) I'm saying is there was a big feminist kickback um, well, not fair. No, that's wrong. I take that back. Um, there was um, a
0: there and then Ben's retraction.
1: There and then Ben's. There. Oh, we have a Ben's retraction. Oh, we see, do have we? a Ben's retraction. We we'll do um, that next. Yeah. Um, no, I take that back. That was wrong. There was a, a large amount of women that were kind of making the joke of "aha uh-huh, and oh." Now that I see what Batman's working with. um It's you know I understand why he has the big car and drives into a cave every night and there there are a lot of these jokes Mm. and then I think there's another section of men on the internet going uh, it's not that small yeah it's perfectly reasonable it's quite it's quite. Interesting to see these people debating a fictional character's penis length. Why does he? Enjoy it. Why
0: does he get his ding dong out?
1: He gets his ding dong out because he was stripping out of the suit. Um, this is this is part of of DC's new Black Label. It's called Batman Damned, um, and it's a big moody. It's like Marvel Knights, I suppose. Oh. Um, but it's, it's or Marvel Max. Yeah, I guess it would be similar to both of those. And it's kind of a combination of the Marvel What Ifs with Marvel Max. All right. So uh, DC used to do a line called Elseworlds, which has since fallen off the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Black Label was going to be their way to explore all these. So they have the fantastic duo of Ed Brubaker and Lee Bermeo, um, who does like a really realistic kind of Batman. I really enjoy how he draws him. Um and in this particular world, no spoilers, Joker dies. Um, mm. It's right. It's established right at the start of the thing. And it kind of delves into Batman's history. And it turns out magic has played a much bigger role in Batman's life. Of course you it has. There's a bloody Constantine. There's a bloody Enchantress. Mm. Enchantress a- takes an interest in Bruce when he's a child. There's a willy. Um, there's a penis. <laughs> um, and his father's a bit of a philanderer. filth oh. filthflarner Um and that's a whole thing. So it's very dark but it's too. quite good it's well written it's heavy noir but it's just you know um, Ed Rubecker kind of playing his hand a bit much showing how much he prefers Batman saying the lad from Kansas is a wanker um, that's Constantine that says that the lad okay. from Kansas is a wanker this lad's the real deal he's tracking Batman after a big injury um, Constantine is yeah um, it's a whole thing Joker's dead trying to figure out who it is turns out there's a big magic force moving against him Um it's good. Um, and penis. Um, the penis is just a marketing stunt, to be honest, because it's been retracted already and the next few editions that are going to be printed out haven't got it anymore.
0: What and are they going to replace it with? Buy, it's a small, a cucumber. Out.
1: To be fair, initially, it's, it's, it's a very poor drawing because, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's
0: ask penis expert Ben <laughs> Colopy whether it's a good drawing or not. No,
1: no, no. I don't mean it like that. As in the shadow is placed, or the light source is behind him. Right. Um, and for some reason, you can see the outline of his...
0: Ding dong. Ding dong, which doesn't make any sense. Because
1: it's a silhouette. No, 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 but you see the light refracted on his penis. That's how you know it's a penis.
0: I doubt the light refracted penis, on his penis. Penis light refraction, Michael. I th- Just take it easy, Michael, the, okay? I've done my research. All right. I've done my right. Now, it. But it doesn't sound terribly scientific to me, but all right.
1: PLR, penis light refraction. <laughs> Come on. We've all been to
0: school. We're going to get uh, <laughs> we're going to get pulled from iTunes for this episode. <laughs> Probably. The, the but voice, anyway. The voice detection is going to hurt. Penis. Penis. Dong. Willie. Anyway.
1: Down below lads let us know. Do you think three, three inches soft is perfectly okay for a man to have or do you prefer a, a longer soft length?
0: Yeah please don't leave that comment down below <laughs> if at all possible. Benjamin. I've been reading comics as well. I And I didn't have a good week of comics. I, I was quite disappointed.
1: Yeah was for you Michael. <laughs> Bit of a moot
0: Comic Week. <laughs> That's not what that word means, either. What's, what's going wrong with you today? <laughs> no, I'm kind of broken. Uh, um, it just wasn't a great week because the biggest disappointment, Ben, was that the Incredible Hulk, now the Immortal Hulk, mm-hmm. which has probably been my favourite comic so far of this year, just turned into a superhero comic. Yeah, the
1: bloody Avengers turned up. The, the Avengers,
0: yeah, art style change. Avengers showed up. Alpha Flight showed up. They were on a space station. I mean, everything you could want to go wrong went wrong in one issue.
1: Yeah, just it wasn't great. I Look, mean- we won't ditch it though. Big big reveal at the end. That's my secret, you know. I'm, all, I'm always I'm all, dead. I'm already dead. Oh, whatever. It's just like... um.
0: Yeah, very disappointing. Okay. Avengers 7 continues to disappoint me by being all set up, no payoff. It's not payoff.
1: great. I've been, I've been trying to keep up with it. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not d- great. I don't like prehistoric Avengers.
0: Well, then you won't like this because it's all about the prehistoric Avengers. Yeah. It's these, these writers, Ben, they get a thing in their head that they love. Like Jason Aaron is currently obsessed with the prehistoric Avengers. Yeah. It's creeping into Avengers. It's creeping into Thor. It's creeping into everything. It's creeping into everything. In the same way that Hickman, Jonathan Hickman... It
1: expanded the Fantastic Four universe. W-
0: well, aside from that, when he was on Avengers, he basically sidelined the Avengers and made it about his pet characters. Starbrand, uh, Proxima, whatever his name was. Midnight. No, Proxima, not Proxima Midnight. The big yellow guy... With the Omega symbol on his chest.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know who that is. I can't
0: remember his name. Um, and he he made it all about his pet characters. So now Jason Aaron is making it all about his pet characters, which, which seems to be the, the one Avengers. million year BC Avengers. The
1: Tumblr version of fan art. Like
0: which I, it's very fan art Tumblr Avengers. Look, Ben, as you know, I don't like retcons that much. I hate them. Especially not everything everything is not what it seems everything a, has a, always existed
1: a poor retcon is 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 not to be had on yeah. this podcast, so look man. let's, let's Sorry, get, yeah. It.
0: get out of there. ben yeah the other big news that we forgot to talk about Ooh. was that veronica mars is coming back for a new season <laughs> I, I don't i don't know if we forgot, forgot to talk about that i fooled you ben um is it is it in our wheelhouse veronica mars
1: ultra event that was quite significant shaped a, a reasonable amount of the generation yeah.
0: isn't it inter- your levels are very low there my, my levels are very low there i took a little dip back i think so um it is interesting though that it's the show that refuses to die and really should just find a corner <laughs> and
1: call it a day. I don't know. Ah, I, come on. She's think... better than that now. She's she's outgrown that role a million times over. She's great as Eleanor Shellstrop in The Bloody Good Place, oh, which she's is coming in the good back place, this week. of course. Um, She's a much better character than she was as chirpy little sassy go-getter
0: Veronica Mars. She wasn't that chirpy, though, to be honest. She was a bit dark. But anyway, I see what you're saying. I think it's going to be interesting because she's well into her 30s now, and they're going to have to address that in the series.
1: Unless they just go with a Nick Fury style
0: digital Digital de-aging. The the budget of Hulu. I I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, probably not. um, It's Hulu. It is Hulu, yeah.
1: Why does Hulu keep getting away with this stuff? Like, I don't... To Disney. Do we watch stuff on the Hulu?
0: We can't watch stuff on the Hulu, if if you recall. We have to fly over to America. That's how we watched uh, The Runaways.
1: Yes, because we've never, ever committed an act of piracy or uh, theft. Well,
0: that time we were in the Caribbean, remember? And we we intercepted the Spanish Galleon. That's
1: when we were actual pirates. Actual pirates, Mm.
0: yeah. You are now banned from Somalia. Yep. and time travelling in general. But, uh, yeah, it's good times. Okay. Did you Do you remember the trailer This is completely off point Do you remember the trailer For the first season Of Legends of Tomorrow
1: The one where it made it look Like a weird fan film
0: Yeah Where, yeah. where Rip Hunter Gathered He gathered all of the Various superheroes On the On the roof of a building In Los Angeles Or something And, so and they said you. Who are you And he said Oh I'm Rip Hunter I'm from London And the future It was one of the best (laughs) lines ever. Anyway, uh, then Joker, Joker. Talk about Joker. Then, yeah. So, test footage, um,
1: promo shots, stuff like that have appeared for the Joker. Mm. um, The Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Todd Phillips uh, ensemble, um, and yeah, the Scorsese
0: is Scorsese involved. Scorsese is the producer. Oh.
1: Um, that's what they do with Scorsese now because they just attach his name to stuff in a producer and people go oh yeah and then they realise oh wait he's not actually directing it Mm. Todd Phillips from The Hangover is directing it The Hangover? Um, Yeah
0: Has he ever done dramatic work before? Um,
1: I'm sure he probably has but I can't think of
0: it all He must have In a way The Hangover is so terrifying and evil that he might be the perfect choice for the Joker (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the characters in The Hangover in the real world are psychopaths. Yeah, they're serial killers. Yeah, they're really bad blokes.
1: Yeah, really bad eggs. And
0: it's presented as a laugh, but it's not a laugh, really, (laughs) is it? No. So maybe that's what the tact they're going to take with this Joker thing. Mm.
1: But the internet lost their minds. First of all, because his suit's not purple, Michael. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh. You alright? Oh, God. You okay? Yeah. Um, that's not that's not the way it is in in the comics. Said a large group of it's men. It's kind of reddish purple. Shave below their their chin. Um, um, yeah, it it it's reddish purple. Um, but they're losing their minds for no reason. The Joker has worn a multitude of different costumes. He's wearing the yellow shirt that he's famous for, so I don't know what they're moaning about all that much. What they really lost their minds over, Michael, what they really lost their minds over is that he has blue paint on top of his white paint. Uh, in a traditional American clown style mask. Mm. Now, half the internet lost their minds, the other half lost their minds back at those lads that lost their minds in the first place, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, obviously, this is an homage to the 1960s Cesar Romero mask that's worn. And then the other what?
0: guys. Where are the Irish guys from BlackRock? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> let me see, how am I going to flex
1: this with uh, okay, I'll try and change it again. <laughs> Hang on. And then another group of lads from America this time went, Yeah, if you watch the Nolan films, you'd see that it was an homage there too. Is that better?
0: Yeah, it's very it good. a bit
1: better? Yeah. yeah, okay. So it is a continuation of that traditional mask, kind of a nod. It looks like theme. the Nolan mask, I thought. Yeah, it looks like the Nolan mask.
0: The mask he wears before he's revealed to the be bank the Joker. Hoist, yeah.
1: Because yeah. that's the mask that Cesar Romero wore in the bank heist in the 1960s is it? film. to reveal.
0: Oh, it's a homage, to a homage to a homage to so a homage. It's
1: homage to an homage to an homage. Um, I don't think that's final makeup. I think that's round one. Um, oh, there
0: are some on-set pictures which look pretty similar.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but I think I think this might be the sequence where he tries out crime mm. and gets a disfiguring kind of element that comes on Like, it could be his costume for the film. Mm-hmm. Like, people are forgetting this is a standalone Joker film. Mm. Canon does not apply. Is it, though? Oh, I mean this is the thing. We we had a we had an interesting little fun fanboy conspiracy theory on Tuesday. Did we? <laughs> yeah. What was He's it? Arthur Fleck. Oh he yeah, Arthur the first, Fleck. The first name and take the initial, it's A Fleck. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's
0: strange. Why is his name A Fleck? <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I was like, <gasps> We found a thread follow it. Follow Why put I mean there, I mean, why? Is that just for people like us? Is that like, let's freak out people who record podcasts on a Sunday? I think so. Yeah, possibly. I think so. Arthur my Fleck. Ah, Fleck. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, where, where are they it's going Fleck. with that, Ben?
1: Yeah. Um, so he's Arthur Fleck. He's never had an identity in the comics. If he has had an identity in the comics or the animated series, it's been Jack Napier. Mm. So they've already gone away from that. Like, I don't think there's any need to panic over this. Look, this film is going to be... Comp- if it is standalone you've already lost the joke that you know from the comics. Right. It's just not going to be like that. What I would say is there's an amazing moment in the teaser trailer where uh, Joaquin Phoenix does like a smile mm-hmm. and the smile drops for a second. And she sad. And he looks really, not even sad. He looks quite menacing. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm tentatively hopeful. See, I've, I've kind of released my angst about this, Michael. I have no interest in, in being angry at this because it's just a completely different thing to what we're used to. And that's fine. Like Venom. and that, Yeah, like a Venom. <laughs> But in so much as the Venom series really doesn't make sense, neither of them makes sense without their hero.
0: Batman, uh, Joker makes more sense without his hero. Yeah, he's
1: just a big bloody serial killer. He's a serial clown. killing clown man. Yeah, it's, 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 Everyone's
0: scared of clowns.
1: Everyone is scared of clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are losing their minds. Um, there's a nice little leaked footage as well from the New York scenes where you see a bit more of his characterization and his physicality. He's quite. Um, effeminate mm-hmm. in how he moves and talks to people and very grand and, and so it's quite similar to the dark knight returns version of the joker in his physicality um you know, the, he's the Heath ledger one and, uh, the one who's in the catonic state and then comes out of the catonic state when batman comes back in the comics the
0: comic comics okay yeah.
1: so it, it could be that kind of effeminate characterization of the i joker. think that
0: word is pronounced catatonic
1: is it okay? That's fine. Uh, Ben's Retractions round two. Um, catatonic, but yeah, it's um, very he's he's quite it's quite interesting to see his physicality. I think it's going to suit quite well.
0: It it, it um, it, it looks more Heath Ledger than Jared Leto. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think they want to
1: steer well clear of the SoundCloud
0: rapper Joker. They don't, <laughs> they don't want that very good. Um, it's it's I don't know, it's very interesting, isn't it? It's like why why is it even happening Is it's amazing that it is I happening I don't know why
1: it is happening I remember people were like let's have him play it like the mock-ups the boss logic stuff they're good mock-ups I like them and now seeing him in makeup, I quite like it as a concept I'm mean, <laughs> just gonna let it go
0: like, here's the just... thing Ben the bloody the the much maligned Jared Leto Joker yeah cosplayed a lot yeah because people like him
1: yeah <laughs> I think a very specific brand of people like... Wow. Well. <laughs> anyway.
0: Well. Ben, we saw a film. We
1: did. We went to a film.
0: Yeah. Which film was that now?
1: Black 47. Yes. Which refers to the summer of 1847. 18- 18- oh, the 17- summer. 1747? 1847. 1847. Yeah. yeah. We paid attention. Uh, which was the famine in Ireland. It was a, a big old boat of a particularly bad famine. Um, the famine for anybody That's listening Outside of the lovely Emerald Isle Maybe over in That America
0: I think Ben I'm not going to interrupt Well I am interrupting on. Me, But I'm not going to stop you I think the famine May well be the most Famous thing about Ireland Is it? I think so oh. But go on anyway
1: um, There was a blight On the l Tater's um, and as you know an Irishman without potatoes is no Irishman at all it's a well, hollow he, thing he's dead um, we bloody die um, there's a thing called blight blight is a disease that affects potatoes while they're in the ground it rots them um, yeah what happens then is um, well what happened then not what happens then what happened then was oh it still exists um, a blight still thing yeah yeah
0: it still exists we just know more about controlling and maintaining it
1: didn't have it back in the day. Didn't have the scientific resources at hand. Interestingly, Ben, the
0: National Botanic Garden in Dublin in Glasnevin, mm. they were the first ones to find the blight and oh. discovered that it was a fungus. But they didn't have the resources or really the populace weren't educated enough to be able to inform them of what was going on. Oh. So they did. The, people knew what was going on. But for the vast majority of people, it was just the potatoes all died and turned black. Yeah, And the stink.
1: Was it, uh, it on Bulla? Mhm Augustan August Augustan uh, But Yeah that's the name of the episode by the way. Um but yeah generally speaking um quite a quite a terrible event in our history we went from an 8 million a roughly 8 million person populace through emigration uh, starvation and death to a bloody 4 million and person. reduced
0: uh reduced birth rates population
1: and reduced birth rates we have never recovered we are currently standing at about 6 million on the entire island yeah. we have never recovered from the events of the famine
0: only country in Europe apparently to have a lower population now than 200 years ago mm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. there you go although I mean pretty well fed now
1: so yeah, we are. We do. Pretty, we do all right now. Pretty well we fed do now. All right now. To
0: the extent that director Lance Daly struggled to find extras that were gaunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he couldn't find bloody, Irish. Bloody well nutritioned <laughs> well-fed children. He couldn't find extras who were gaunt enough to really? play famine victims. Yeah. That's good.
1: yeah. Um. Yeah, but generally speaking, um, the the major kind of knock on to come out of this is the British who were then occupying the country. Real boldies, <laughs> real, real bad eggs at the time. Um, then began to restrict grain, um, and basically, when you were Irish back in the day, you were Catholic, you were Irish, and you basically lived in indentured servitude on land that had belonged to you but didn't belong to you anymore, and now belonged to the British. Anything that well you- it,
0: it belonged to you. This, the British didn't come and take the land away from the farmers. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, hundreds of... Uh, generations and generations and generations before they did. But they didn't come and take your land and make you work it, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, they, fair enough. This was a, an inherited system.
2: Yeah,
1: so of, we, we of, had been in indentured servitude for quite a while. Yeah. Um. And then basically, any anything that you reaped and sowed on that land went to... Your local landlord, mm-hmm. who would then ship it off to to the bloody the bloody Brits, mm-hmm. um, in their in their in their fucking wars in welcome different to, fucking places. <laughs>
0: welcome to Nationalism, the podcast. Very yeah. good. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah. So if Jerry Adams would like to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> so down below. very good. Um. But um. Yeah. Generally speaking, it was a very dark time in Irish history, and they finally made a movie about it. Finally. Michael. Finally. Finally. Because hadn't been doing that: We've
0: true. had a few historical Irish films, the most popular recently voted the most popular Irish film in Ireland, Michael Collins. Ah. but that's set 70odd years later. Hmm. Um, "The Wind the Shake the Barley." classic, very good film, Ben Killian Murphy with, with th- sharp cheekbones:
2: Yeah shark cheekbones. Very Sharp very cheekbones Very sharp cheekbones
0: Very short. Uh, notably short actor Killian Murphy.
1: Notably excellent actor Killian Murphy.
0: Excellently short. Um that's set in the twenties, isn't it? Is it? Isn't that set during the War, the War of Independence? The War of Independence after
1: nineteen sixteen. This
0: is the first ever uh, We we definitely had famine films because I watched famine films in primary school. Yeah. yeah. I didn't we watched them. As if to just really strengthen our national pride about some salt and some wounds. Yeah, Yeah. it really made us fired up. Really strengthened how much we hated the British. But (laughs) um, this is the first kind of cinematic Hollywood
1: grand scope.
0: Yeah, it's made a million euro in ticket sales. That's not bad in Ireland. That's practically unheard of.
1: How much did they pay?
0: How much does it to cost make it? to make How it? it I think about a million it. and a half. Oh, okay so it's made it's almost made its money back in Ireland alone well, which good. is almost unheard I, I'd i say that's probably how much Infinity War made in Ireland
1: that's good well I think one of the interesting things for us I think uh, doing a doing a uh, scan of the room when we went to see it in the cinema well a lot of lot of old people
0: Elwins I believe is the Elwins. word you use. Um, yeah a lot of Ben Elwins. we we did Elwins. go to see it at one o'clock on a Tuesday though no
1: but still like uh, apparently that's a, a key demographic in much of the sales is that there's a lot of old people that want to go see the famine on screen
0: Well here's the thing let's say you're 85 now right you're nah your grandparents wouldn't have lived through the famine
1: yeah but you're you're yeah if you're
0: 85 now you would have been born in the 40s but their grandparents
1: would have lived through the famine and their parents probably would have lived through the famine I'd say nah
0: their great grand like the great parents too soon we're looking at great grandparents or great great grandparents but you know they might have they? They're, they're a lot closer to it they're a lot closer to it <laughs> we than are. That.
1: They, they would have lived through the troubles a lot more than we would <laughs> that's so true that, that anti-british sentiment would, would probably strike more of a chord
0: and I was talking there about the tans Ben and the tans of course are from you, know, you the, introduced
1: me as a tan the, yeah, black, the black and
0: tans and a lot of the hatred for the black and tans is in this film without them being black and hands, because black and, dance, yeah. black and happened a lot later historically yeah but there's a,
1: a there's a there's an analogue in there that you can draw comparisons between yeah um, someone
0: in our screen did shout you tan bastards <laughs> <laughs> no it was me uh, but <laughs> it, was,
1: it was Michael Michael spent much of his film giving the middle finger to anyone that came on with a slightly British accent yeah to, now Ben
0: it. give us a very brief now don't spoil it but tell us what's the story of the film
1: uh, main character yeah. Ma- Va- yeah. Martin, um, Martin Feeney. Yeah, that's Martin Feeney Martin in English. Martin Feeney to the rest of you. Uh, a nice little nod to Fenian um, mm. if you're looking for that. Mm. Um Returns from service with the British military in Afghanistan. Yeah, um, he is a deserter, done, mm-hmm. done, run away. Yeah, not because he was a coward, um, because he was of sick of the killing, sick of the killing, sick of the killing. Um, comes back to a country that's been utterly decimated, um, through potato blight mm-hmm. and then strategic chokeholding of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, came back. Mammy's gone. Brother's yeah. gone.
2: Yeah.
1: Sister-in-law still alive. Yes, very attractive. With with, with three little ones. Um, suspiciously attractive For suspiciously a famine attractive victim attractive Famine peasant Yeah um, Sarah Green um, Comes back Nothing left to fight for Yeah Bloody Bloody sees some houses Getting tumbled He yeah. sees Bloody sees some Some more Some bloody, injustices Some bloody Coin collectors Coin is taxing The, mm-hmm. old, uh, the old Gaelic Coin collectors Coming around um, And just making things Really really hard For, for the Irish Yeah um, So he does a revenge So he does a revenge some stuff happens that we can't spoil, yeah. um, and it becomes Liam Neeson in the famine,
0: a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's Liam Neeson in the famine.
0: Yeah, just a lot of staring,
1: a lot of, a lot of intense staring. I would say that the main actor who plays Martin Feeney probably got the role based on how uncomfortable he made the casting agents in the room. Yeah, like he has a lot of presence for a man with a glower.
0: He's Australian he's Australian does a fine Irish accent
1: does a, does a fantastic speaks the Gaelic awful good for, a, for an Aussie
0: yeah now that's not too hard because you, you know there weren't there's not a lot of dialogue in this film no it's not a dialogue no. heavy movie
1: but I found it interesting that Hugo Weaving Australian <laughs> yeah. played an Englishman yeah and, uh, d- What's his name? French. French. Freshville. French. Fresh.
0: That's how you pronounce it.
1: Freshville uh, is also Australian. So it's, it's a very Australian heavy movie. You
0: have an Australian playing an Englishman. Yeah. You have an Australian playing an Irishman. Yeah. And you have an Irishman playing an Englishman.
1: Yeah. It's very confusing.
0: And you have an Irishman playing an Irishman.
1: You have an Irishman playing an Irishman. You have, Irishman Irishman. You have the Irishman playing the Irishman. Stephen Ree. So, Stephen Ray, Ree, R- whatever. Rhea. Rhea. <laughs> I think I mean, he says Ree. I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Ray. um, it, yeah, it's a really interesting film. I think the two key characters there are Feeney and uh, the Inspector. Mm-hmm. The Inspector, uh, it turns out they were... Um, well, it doesn't matter. Um, but they, I don't they, think that's a spoiler. In, okay, they serve in Afghanistan together.
0: Because that's why Hugo Weaven's character, the Inspector, is sent after him. Yeah. We find um, that out in the opening. Yeah, you find minutes. that out in the opening.
1: They serve together and um, basically he's sent to hunt down this rogue Irishman who's killing yeah. constabularies. Um it's very interesting Hugo Weaving I think it's more of a Hugo Weaving weaving movie kind of redemption movie than it is Martin feeney's redemption movie because
0: we see Martin feeney at the beginning and we see quite a bit of his motivation to go on a killing spree but then he becomes the kind of he the becomes, yeah, the it, anti the pro you know it's hard to say yeah,
1: he's he's very much again it's a Mad Max kind of thing where the story centers around him but he's not necessarily the center of the story mm-hmm. um and it's, it's interesting for that reason I enjoyed it Michael um I think somebody else I think it was you who said for for what it was, it was grand.
0: Yeah. I mean low budget. Grand. A couple of million to make. Yeah. Some real dodgy CGI.
1: Some real dodgy CGI.
0: The couple of buildings which so clearly didn't exist. A lot um, of matte painting. Yeah, A lot and of the matte painting. I mean the smoke from the train was one of the most unrealistic things I've ever yeah. seen. But you know, I, I was told it's basically Rambo. Um Rambo in the Irish famine.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It,
0: I think that's more of a, la- a misunderstanding of Rambo than what this film is. Yeah, fair. Because in Rambo, in First Blood, he doesn't want to hurt anyone. He just wants to be left alone. He has post-traumatic stress disorder and he wants to be left alone. Whereas this is about a guy who does a revenge.
1: Who does? No, who actively goes out. And yeah, he goes on a rampage. He goes on a bloody, bloody rampage. Uh, very Western. I like that. It reminded me an awful lot of... Um, the assassination of Jesse James by the carrot Robert Ford. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of The Proposition. Both Australian kind of base things um, with a lot of Australian influence. Mm. The Proposition especially is another thing. It's set in one of the penal colonies in Australia. And it's a Western. That's A peanut colony? Those. A penal colony.
0: At where they grow peanuts?
1: Yes. Yes. A, a peanut, peanut colony.
0: Oh, very I good. thought
2: you were
1: going to make a different kind of joke there, Michael. No.
0: No. no. Like a Batman joke. No, I um, Benjamin. Yes. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, did, no, it's gone. Completely gone. Did you think that it was like a Western because there's lots of tracking around on horseback and wild open spaces? They like the wild open spaces. But it's like a muddy Western.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cold, wet Western.
0: Talk about Stephen Rhea's character.
1: Uh, yeah, so you made a very good observation, Michael, as oh, we, thanks, as we ben. came out in the cinema. Well, it's no point in me taking credit for it, Michael. Um, but... Uh, Stephen Wright's character is very much kind of like a magical realism element mm. um, oh. to, the, magical to realism. the film. Oh, I did some research, Michael. I took this on board. Um, so magical realism is a slight twist to the story where a slightly magical character enters into the the story and affects it in different ways. Not yeah. outrageously. Like they don't reshape reality or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they suddenly influence the story in a less than realistic way.
0: Although he doesn't do anything magical. He doesn't do anything do overtly magical. overtly
1: magical, but there are a couple of moments. He appears out of nowhere, uh-huh. speaks perfect English, uh-huh. which would not have been as common in the small rural towns that he was visiting. Mm-hmm. So, and he refers to other Irish people as they. Mm. He very rarely counts himself among Irish people.
0: Now, I just want to say, Ben, before we go any further on this, this is not a fantastic, it's not a fantasy film. No, no, not at yeah, all. This, not at is all. A, this is a kind of subtextual reading of it.
1: I, I think, yeah, this is this is a stretch, but it's a good stretch. Um, like when like you get like, in yoga on, Like a hamstring. Yeah, it's, it's flexing some stuff.
0: Out. I'm sorry, I'm kicking
1: yeah, you there. Kick <laughs> on the table if you a hamstring stretch. Well, what Stephen Ray really becomes is a Shanachie, and a Shanachie is um, an all-Irish storyteller. They're men who were trained in an oral tradition. Don't.
0: Yeah very good By Batman
1: uh, By Batman To memorise and tell the stories of our culture That's Mm -hmm. what they do It's why Irish mythology Irish culture Irish storytelling Hasn't really survived as well Because it was an oral tradition Mm -hmm. Okay Uh, (laughs) Yeah I knew you were just going to have a giggle But Stephen Ray becomes kind of Almost like a leprechaun
0: Right But it's not a fantasy leprechaun
1: It's not He's the only one in the village who speaks um, The Berla the, The Berla and he speaks it excellently. He speaks it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, he works for Coin, which mm-hmm. is a traditional thing that Leprechauns kind of do. Not that anybody wouldn't have done that at the time. He
0: has a lot of knowledge that the other main characters in the film don't have.
1: He sings old Irish songs, and he goes traveling around. The interesting thing for me is, so there are two events that stick out to me that kind of speak to his outside status. And he, do- the normal rules don't apply to him. He's quite well fed mm. when we meet him. Yeah, that's, that's the true. first thing. Yeah. He's not gaunt. He's not. Poor. His clothes are very clean. When we meet him, he's a bit of scruff, but he's not rolling around in the mud.
0: He's even in that kind of Loki-esque pose of yeah. reclining in a chair with his legs crossed. And nobody
1: else seems to pay that much attention to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, the second thing is he sings songs all through the thing, very irritating songs. Yeah, he's very Captain, annoying. Traditionally, Captain Pope is is the main British antagonist that we get to know throughout the film. English Jake Busey. English English Jake Busey. He doesn't punish him for this or tell him to shut up or do anything. Mm-hmm. He's never punished for singing his strange songs
0: That's true, actually. as
1: he goes along. He has a lot of influence over their decisions. Mm-hmm. He seems to understand the landscape very well. Um, he,
0: he even, for some reason, manages to get the ear of the English Lord.
1: That's the next part that I'm going to say. Oh, sorry. He, we find when the English Lord is in the hotel, he is very comfortably up and chatting with him at the fire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not only that... He makes a really aggressive... Jim Broadbent. He, 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 makes, he really enjoyed being a bastard <laughs> <laughs> landlord. A real he boldy. He had a lot of fun playing that role by the looks of things. But he makes this really interesting point about how, you know, if you took an English woman and made her live in poverty, hovel. filth and all this kind of thing, they would look at... He argues with the Lord. Mm. A Lord who traditionally has no patience for that. Yeah by other things and he gets away with it mm-hmm. and there's no harm he's also um, instrumental by the end of the film and he seems to get away consequence free quite a lot mm. So he seems to just be able to slip through the story quite easily like, a, like an Irish eel um, but uh, yeah he um, so he's a really fascinating character in that he's kind of like an analogy for the fairy folk mm. in that they exist there are no consequences for them as creatures, and they influence the stories subtly, and they play a lot of tricks and stuff mm. like that he doesn 't necessarily play tricks in the same sense, but he 's awful wise mm-hmm. for uh, for an irish president and
0: we 'd never actually learn anything about him
1: no nope. he 's just there to witness yeah. and he says it himself um, when he 's given the chance to leave the story, he goes no if it 's all the same to you i 'd like yeah. to see this story to its conclusion yeah. to see that it 's properly told. Mm. So he's almost like a witness. Yeah. but He's uh, my favourite character in it. He's the best character in it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by, yeah, for sure. by a mile. Yeah. By a mile.
0: So, Ben, are there any other examples of this kind of... What would we call this? Was this a historical drama? It's not really a drama, is it? This
1: is a revenge fantasy, Michael. It's it's, it's historical fiction. It's, Go on, it's traditionally Go on. how we look at it. Go on. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was doing a little bit of research on this. Historical fiction is rife. Rife. Rive popular culture. Go on. Um, we love... We love the historical fiction, and I was trying to find the reason for this. Mm-hmm. And one one of the key writers of historical fiction in a literary form is Hilary Mantel.
0: Never heard of him or her.
1: her. Um, Hilary Mantel wrote a bunch of novels about King Edward the Eighth's court, um, Tudors, that kind of thing. Uh, no. Henry VIII. Sorry. Henry, VIII. No. Henry VIII's court um, in Tudor times. I like how
0: we've reached a level of cooperation here where I can tell you you've made a mistake with simply my face.
1: <laughs> it's Henry VIII. My apologies. Um, and the Tudor court and she writes these kind of things. She has an interesting point in it. When when we want to understand the past Yeah. um we go to science. We go to um, history. Objective, factual accounts. When we want to be moved by the past, or when we want to drive a message home, we turn to historical fiction. Now, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Right. But I then went on from that. What point
0: message to, was this film trying to drive home? Uh, them English are a bunch of them bastards. English are a
1: bunch of bastards. I don't. I don't think that's an uncommon way of looking at that film. And I, furthermore, I think that's how it's been received. Um, like it's been quite divisive in terms of the Irish love it because it's an Irish thing and we, we love an L pat in the back for an Irish achievement mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's why oh, yeah. I actually patted myself on the back you did yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- that's a whole thing and it is kind of a difficult thing if you look at regular user reviews on mm-hmm. something like Rotten Tomatoes or something like that a lot of English people are quite offended by this film you see comments like "How dare you portray us like this?" How this really? is how we were. You can go take a look at the Rodden Tomatoes website. Okay. Um, we might include a link to the actual thing down below. Right here. Um, it's interesting to see. It's obviously struck a chord in an interesting way, and that's you know that's an interesting thing to see.
0: <laughs> you just said interesting four times. <laughs> <Did I? laughs> um, that's a fascinating thing to see. Very good um,
1: from historical fiction. So. This point has been made by by Hilary Mantel and I I then looked into more of it and a great many uh, educational companies, like Scholastic and things like that, mm-hmm. believe in historical fiction, giving especially children um, an impetus to learn more because it engages you more with that story. So you it, think it that this film, it up.
0: you think the, you think this film is going to be shown in Irish primary schools for years yeah, to come?
1: Probably not this film, but you would see it in other examples. I mean, we we see it through our pop culture all over the place. So there's there's I, again, I was doing a little bit of analysis, Michael. Right. I've broken into three. Can't spe- main reasons for using a bit of historical fiction. Can't
0: spell analysis without anal.
1: So, I've broken it into three different sections, Michael. <laughs> um, and we can take a look at them under these. So, right. one of the main reasons we we uh, write historical fiction, in my opinion, is to fill the gaps. So right. To, to solve an old mystery mm-hmm. that we have. Another reason we do it is to criticize an attitude at that time. Yeah. And another reason we do it is revenge fantasy. So, there are there are three possible... Um, ways of looking at it we can use it as a lens which would be criticism we can use it to kind of give a little bit of extra backstory to a mystery um, mm. and we use it uh, quite often these days as revenge fantasy um, so is the
0: first one why Jack the Ripper is so popular
1: Jack the Ripper Well, there's a, there's a great example thanks he Ben was, he was one of life's great uh, well Victorian London's great mysteries mm-hmm. um, which was recently solved but was ignore- it? oh yeah they found out who it was through DNA analysis we know huh. who Jack the Ripper was man. who was it? bloody Polish immigrant what? Yeah.
0: That sounds racist. That's awful, isn't it? Huh. Yeah. So it's a bit depressing, really. Hold on. I'm going I, to investigate this. Yeah, take a look. I yeah, will.
1: It's no problem. I don't mind. Um, but his myth has endeared. We've seen multiple kind of renditions of who Jack the Ripper might have been in Alan Moore's From Hell. He mm-hmm. was a famous English nobleman. Uh, well, Dr dr nobleman inspiring nobleman um any other examples there um,
0: um, jack the ripper i can't think of any jack the rippers off the top of my head just from hell is the one that stands out
1: yeah from hell is the one that stands out so that was a big um but i mean you can take a look at, at lots of different examples Uh when we're filling in the gaps we love to kind of add that there might have been a hidden thing behind the door that we never got to understand mm. government cover-ups are a big one. Yeah. Um,
0: Aries being responsible for the First World War.
1: Aries being responsible for the First World War. Something like that. You know, the hatred of men, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And, you know, American Vampire is a series from Vertigo. And it turns out that vampires have orchestrated various things throughout the years. I'm not saying these are good examples, but these are examples where people love to slot in kind of a, a very fictional element and kind of explain... A mystery, and um, it also helps to kind of flesh out a story that we don't really understand. One series that stood out to me big time for that was uh, Da Vinci's Demons.
0: Heard of it, never seen. Yeah, it.
1: it's a terrible show. Don't worry about it. But became very popular with the tumblers, of course, um, because he's a very suave, energetic, very much like Sherlock with social skills in Renaissance Italy. Okay. Okay. So he's a big suave, kind of Jack Sparrow-style inventor. Leonardo da Vinci probably wasn't like that no it was said that he was quite a recluse and didn't really spend his time with people and was by all he was the kind of man who forgot to eat Um, as in he was obsessed with just spending all his time in his workshop so this kind of big flash version of him didn't exist but people seem to enjoy Mm -hmm. relating you know very famous men or women to very charming men or women and we see that throughout different accounts the one I think that's more useful is how we use it as criticism on occasion. Um, so I think one great example of that is Captain America. Captain America is a form of historical fiction in a really strong sense. Yeah. Um, and I think the ultimate universe used them to great effect to criticize the modern world versus you know the ideals that he fought for in, in 1945. Go on. When Captain America comes back in the ultimate universe, he's kind of disgusted with the 21st century. Yeah. Um, not necessarily um, from the point of view of where it's going but from a moral point of view he's like he feels that the standards that men used to uphold have completely dropped or vanished or you know and he's come back to a world that that really doesn't at all suit what he pictured the world would be when they won World War II mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really interesting um, that they use that to criticise kind of Certain values today, not necessarily all the time, but Captain America stayed a soldier in the Ultimate Universe. He always, he usually followed orders and did what a soldier does. Um, He followed those orders, and I think it's interesting to see how he's such a glorified character in the Marvel Universe, kind of, you know, American Liberty and stuff like that. But in the Ultimate Universe, he's a soldier, first and foremost. And he usually doesn't question his task unless it's completely off brand. But we wouldn't have had the Winter Soldier without that ultimate universe where modern espionage um, and modern tactics in um, modern military reconnaissance and stuff like that were criticized. So I think it's really interesting that they use an old character who is historical fiction right. by nature to kind of refract the lens a little bit. Um, and then sticking with World War Two in the third category there of revenge fantasy, we have um, Inglorious Bastards, which I think is the most in your face form of outrageous historical fiction that i've ever seen um where well except for a lot of comic books so, well, comic books notwithstanding but in in really popular culture something that everyone has kind of seen were you trying to catch your flex on Mike there no <laughs> yes i'm stiff <laughs> my, neck, my neck is stiff <laughs> uh, go on um so comic
0: books are usually uh, a bit wilder
1: well comic books can be as wild as they like because mm-hmm. they're not as widespread either but inglorious bastards completely rewrote the death of hitler yeah um, it was brilliant. It was actually a group of, of Jewish soldiers Although, um, that Ingl- killed him.
0: And Glorious Bastards' real contribution to popular culture is that interrogation scene in the bar. That's oh, great. That's one of the best film scenes ever filmed. Great. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, it's complete revenge fantasy.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: And I think one of the criticisms that levelled against historical fiction in that regard is that it can really detract from the men and women who actually... Gave to that cause. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the smart things that Marvel did with Captain America is they removed him before D-Day.
0: Ah. Captain
1: America could never take part in something like D-Day because Captain America would probably end up leading D-Day. Yeah, that would be awful.
0: Yeah, cause then because then all the it people who really died would detract
1: from the real men and women who fought in that war.
0: I suppose that's the good thing about Iron Man. Iron Man didn't win Vietnam. No. He was a kind of inconsequential side note of yeah. Vietnam. And when you're, or when you're, Iraq. When you're or Afghanistan. F- whatever you need to when update him. When you're playing him. with
1: historical fiction, you have to be very careful not to cross that line. Inglorious Bastards took this and said, fuck it. Fuck it. Inglorious Bastards removed any hint of a long game. Mm. There was it. it was just a bunch of guys that broke into a cinema. One of them actually gets to shoot Hitler when he tries to leave <laughs> a room. <liberal. laughs> like, Hitler doesn't die in the fire.
0: No, he just gets, what he gets shot he, to death. He
1: gets, he gets shot to death by uh, a Jewish person and then... Uh, Is it the bear Jew that gets the, him? The bear Jew gets him in the end but he gets the bear Jew like they kill each other. Oh, it's do they? A, it's this weird moment and I think there can be a very disrespectful element to historical fiction as well mm-hmm. in that if you create a character that has too much influence you're actually taking away from a legacy that some people probably feel quite strongly about. Like, World War II was not that long ago. Uh,
0: Neither was the famine. I suppose Lord Kilmichael was entirely fictional.
1: Probably not. You'll find there probably was a Kilmichael somewhere. <laughs> again, Jim Broadbent played that with a kind of relish. He really enjoyed being this big, bastard kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really good at it. Like, he was a very hateable... Kind of silly at times, but very hateable um, character. For essentially a cameo. For essentially a cameo. Um, but, I, you know, it's quite interesting how you do... Oh, man, we're way over time. I'm so, so sorry. The last one that I'd say in terms of criticism, because you, you brought it up when, when I pitched this idea. Um, Cassidy from... Um, Preacher. From Preacher is a great way that Gareth Dennis looks at the 1916 Rising. Yeah. Uh, very often when... Uh, Cassidy the Vampire... Was a soldier in 1916 called
0: Pruntius. It was um, so, uh, I just flicked open this copy here. It was so weird seeing uh, Tulip White. Yeah, she was <laughs> yeah, really negative. Now.
1: And it's, it's interesting because a lot of the rhetoric that we have as Irish people is that 1916 was this grand ideal. Oh, that's for that yourself, Ben. Everyone was on board with. No, but the, the one that we get sold more often than not was that the whole country united. But when you look at the history, it was quite a divisive movement mm-hmm. um, and it did trick a lot of young men into giving up their lives. And Cassidy is one of those young men who kind of realises the hypocrisy of what they're doing mm-hmm. at one point. So it can also have an interesting effect and question something that we take as verbatim. Um, so it really that was written
0: by someone from Belfast as well. Yeah, exactly.
1: So he's a northern guy. But it doesn't necessarily mean his opinion is wrong. It is a fictional... It, it, the, the best thing about historical fiction is, at the end of the day, you can just step back and go, look, guys, it's fiction.
0: It's a story. So you
1: can push the envelope a little bit without there being massive consequences. But
0: Cassidy is a good example of what you said, actually. Like, the, you could easily slot him into the real story and then he disappears, he runs... He deserts, doesn't he? Deserts, he deserts, yeah. He deserts and he gets bitten by a vampire yeah. while he's dying in a ditch. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story goes on without him. He, he doesn't lead the rebellion to no, victory. No, he's not or a hero. About, he's yeah. a side note. Yeah.
1: Historical fiction works best when your historically fictional character is a side note.
0: Or you're just bombastic about it like Inglorious Bastards. Or
1: you just but to be fair subtlety has never been tarantino's finest hour uh listen if you have any uh favorite historical fictions if you have any kind of comic film tv adaptation that you liked that kind of looked at something um especially from your own country's history if you're not from ireland or if you're not from Mm. america or something like that Mm. from your own country's history please we'd love to know um more about it let us know down below we are as always on instagram we We are are on facebook at mick and ben (laughs) At Mick and Ben We are on Twitter And most importantly We are on iTunes If you could give us A look on iTunes And give us an out
0: we're not on Spotify though we're not on Spotify we're SoundCloud on you bunch of bastards we're
1: working on it um, join us next week um, where we talk about our burgeoning career as SoundCloud rappers we're going to go get our first a very good Ben. no Tuesday.
0: Ben also don't forget to tell everyone that next week you're going to be away oh yeah
1: now, I am returning to Florence uh, as of tomorrow yes. you'll be listening to this and I will be on a plane um, so our next one will be from the digital tiny room back to the digital um, it's
0: actually going to be called the digital physical digital tiny room oh
1: excellent It's just keep going. <laughs> Yeah. it just keeps growing um, so we will see you all next week and I will see Michael through a monitor yes
0: bye everybody bye I thought that was good
2: leave that in <laughs> <laughs>